enlightening, informative, sexy, and fun. Welcome to Looking for Love with your host, Dr. Lori Buckley. Dr. Lori will help you find the love you desire and show you how to have more love and passion in your life. Whether you're single, dating, in a relationship, married, or going through a breakup or divorce, Dr. Lori is here to help. This is Looking for Love, and here's your host, Dr. Lori Buckley. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Looking for Love. I'm your host, Dr. Lori Buckley, and today we have a special guest, which I'm really excited. I'm going to be joined by Greg Carlson, and let me just tell you a little bit about Greg. He is a licensed marriage and family therapist in private practice in Pasadena, California, and in Long Beach, California. He's been working in the field of trauma since 1985 when he started counseling dying children with candlelighters through the Georgiana Rogers Center here in Pasadena. How, did I say that wrong? Georgiana Rodiger Center. Georgiana Rodiger Center here in Pasadena. Thank you for that correction. Greg is also certified in EMDR and brain spotting, which are modalities that address the anxiety associated with a traumatic event and helps to reprocess the trauma. So Greg is an expert and specialist specializes in working with people with trauma, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about trauma and how it can get in the way of sex, which is such an important topic. We talk about sex a lot here on the show, and you know, we really would be remiss to not address that there are many people, men and women, who have had some form of sexual trauma in their life. So I'm so excited that you are here, Greg, so we can be addressing this. And if you can just tell the listeners a little bit more about what you do, that would be fabulous. EMDR brain spotting. What is that? Well, EMDR is eye movement desensitization reprocessing. And it's a way to really look at the trauma and be able to maybe see it a different way. And through, it's called bilateral stimulation, kind of waking up both sides of our brain, we're able to address that trauma that's happened and see it from a different lens or look at it differently in a way that takes that anxiety level down. And what tests have shown is that with the EMDR and also the brain spotting, it stays down. It doesn't go back up. Wow. We really start seeing the world differently when we have this new information. You know, a lot of times with trauma, there are these lies that we've built foundations on, and all of a sudden we think a certain way about ourselves. And then we go into relationships that way, and pretty soon we start making decisions based on these lies that happened many, many years ago. And so by reprocessing that trauma, we're able to really see life in a new way for many people. I mean, that is fantastic and such an important tool and skill to have for people to really be able to move on with their lives in a way that maybe they weren't even aware of, right? That maybe they weren't even totally aware of how it was impacting them. So it certainly is true with sex. I see so many people in my practice who have had some form of sexual trauma or abuse, and they either are very aware of the fact that it is causing some distress in their lives, although they may not exactly know how or why, and some not aware of it at all. So to be able to address that Mm. uh, is such an important thing for people to be able to have or live the kind of lives that they want and have the kind of sex and relationships they want. Well, and, and to realize that they don't have to feel like they can't have it all, that they can't have a healthy sexual life. And so one of the things I, when I'm working with people, I notice that when I talk to them about, well, where do you hold this trauma in your body? They go, well, what do you mean? And all of a sudden I'll say, well, you know, when you, when you think about that trauma, 
Is there a place in your body somatically where you, where you feel that? And they'll say, well, yeah, in my chest. I really think about it. And so I'm able to teach people how to let that go. We do a lot of guided imagery. So I help people maybe fill it with a positive color. When you left, let this mm. anger or this anxiety go, sometimes clients will say, well, now I've got this empty space in my chest. Well, let's fill it with a positive color. I like that. And yeah. So and- it's, it really gives individuals a tool to be able to leave therapy and say, my gosh, I can do something. I can change my life. I mean, that's incredible. And at the end of the show, we are going to be talking specifically about some tools or tips that you can give for people who are feeling the way that you're describing or people who find that there is some trauma getting in the way of having Mm -hmm. the kind of sex that they want. I mean, let's first talk about trauma, what it does. I mean, what can you tell us about trauma in general? We know that even with early childhood trauma or even in utero, when a woman, let's say, is in a domestic violence situation and there's a lot of abuse going on, that baby's getting kicked around. And so people don't realize that the body remembers those things. And um, as they get older, when we talk about it in therapy, they remember hearing stories about abuse that happened at an earlier time. And so that trauma is held in the body. And I've had people remember things that happened 30, 40, 50 years later. And they hadn't remembered them until we started doing the work. And like I said earlier, we sometimes make decisions with partners based on how we feel about ourselves. What do you mean? Well, if we have low self-esteem based on what's been said to us as a child, we start searching for relationships that maybe only reach a certain level that don't, we're, we're drawn to people that kind of replicate those voices that we heard as a child saying, you know, you're not that good Mm. or stop it. You're, you're so selfish. You always think of yourself. Yeah. And we go into relationships with those tapes still playing, you know, Lori, we're drawn to what's familiar, Absolutely, not, not what's necessarily healthy. Yeah. And the first step is to be aware of that. Yeah. yeah. And what you're talking about is so important because, and even me, when I was thinking about trauma and I imagine people when they were looking at the name of the show or looking it up, thinking about sexual trauma, abuse, molestation, those kinds of things, but trauma comes in all forms. And even if it's not sexual trauma, it can affect the quality of our relationships and certainly our sex life. And what you're saying, how we feel about ourselves, which I talk about in many different ways in the show, absolutely impacts the person that we choose and how we are able to respond from a healthy place in a relationship. So to be aware of that is really huge for people to get an understanding of what might be going on in their life, to look at those patterns, think about those messages. And trauma is relative. Trauma isn't necessarily this huge thing. Yeah. Subtle sometimes. Subtle sometimes. But you know, when you've had it... uh, Many people, as you and I know, have been sexually abused as kids. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times what children will do is they will do something we call disassociation. They'll just kind of dink out. They'll go somewhere else. We talk to clients and they'll say, well, I just kind of left my body Mm -hmm. when that was happening. Right. And I'll tell people, you know what? That was a wonderful coping mechanism for you then as a child. Necessary for survival. Definitely. Definitely. But now that you're an adult, we can learn different tools. So when you're having a sexual experience with your partner and all of a sudden something doesn't feel right and you disassociate, you check out, right? 
we can help people stay there in the process so they can enjoy and start to enjoy sex in a healthy way. Because if you're dissociating and you're not present, it's not going to be enjoyable as a matter of fact. And tell me if you agree with this, can be re-triggering. It's, it's sort of like reliving trauma, even though you may not be completely aware of that. Yeah. And I think in, in our roles as men and women, sometimes women are taught, well, you're just supposed to do that. You're just supposed to be there for your partner. Mm-hmm. And so a woman may be disassociating and zoning out, but she's not going to say anything. Right. Because she's going to see as I'm negative, I'm bad, I'm wrong, mm-hmm. I'm dysfunctional, whatever the, the title may be or so the messages yeah. that she's been given. And so And she also got that message early on, don't say anything. Oh sure. Right? There's no voice there. There's no power. Don't so. say anything, don't tell. Don't say anything to anybody. Yeah. And she's not gonna tell her girlfriends. Um, she's not gonna tell her mother. She's not gonna say anything. And so that trauma ends up getting stuck in our bodies and we end up holding it. And and it, we know that there can be physical problems that arise, hypertension. Lots of things that happen because we're holding in this tension all the time. If you just think about your muscles being tense, of course, they can only be tense for so long. They're going to get weary. That makes sense. And so we do that with our bodies all the time. And sometimes our clients are doing this during sex. They're not even enjoying it. They just want to get through it. It's that, you know, it's that Saturday night. We have sex on Saturday. Let's just get it over with. Get it over with. And then I can get on with my life. Yeah. And the partner does know something doesn't feel right. And another thing I was thinking about as you were talking, you know, when we, when we're in silence, we feel we can't say anything. It also is very much connected with shame. Very much so. Right. And sex can be kind of shame inducing anyways, because of all of the negative messages we get about sex. And then you add in again an experience or trauma, uh, you know, living in that place of shame. So we have the physical consequences and then we have the psychological and the relational. I mean, this is something that is so important for people to be aware of because like you're saying, and this is why I have you on the show, you don't have to live like that. No. First, you have to be aware that it's happening. That's the first thing. Awareness is always the most important step. But once you have that awareness, you actually have some tools and some resources and some ways to get through that so you can be living a full life. And you know, sometimes people might be listening and saying, well, but I'm not even in a relationship. I'm not having sex with anybody. Mm -hmm. And that stuff happened to me. And you know, just the way that we carry ourselves, the energy that we give off can really also echo how we were taught to respond to the world as a child. And and so sometimes we'll go in to a cafe, you'll see somebody that's really seems very oppressed or very depressed. Mm. And they just want to stick to themselves and hope that nobody even sees them. You see it in their body. They like make themselves small, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think what we're also saying is you don't have to live that way. If there has been these, there have been times in your life where you've been put down or to an extreme molested, just have a real low self, have low self-esteem. You don't have to live that way. You can learn tools to really move that out of your body and start seeing life differently. You know, when there's that paradigm shift and you realize that those messages that were taught to as a child were lies. Right. And they were all bullshit. Well, they were, they were based on other people's fears. Exactly. Yes. And, and that's what was perpetuated mm-hmm. in our childhood. And you see this through the generations. When you get with someone or you realize that you don't have to continue those lies, that's, that's a paradigm shift that can occur in your life. 
and can change your life for the, for the rest of your life. Yeah. And that is something that can happen relatively quickly. You know, when, again, when you have that real awareness, and I'm so glad that you brought up that whether you are in a relationship or not, this is still valuable work for you. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's definitely a better way to live regardless of whether you're in a relationship or not. And if you are single and you want to be in a relationship, Mm -hmm. there might be some of these things getting in the way. Like you said, there's an energy. Oh, sure. You know, when we give off that energy, when we smile at people, when we look them in the face, when we have positive energy, people receive that. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all been around people that have been real negative. And if you even come at that type of a person with a positive attitude, a lot of times I've had people tell me later in those situations, well, I, I was, I kind of felt nervous about being here and, and that's why I acted the way I did. But when you didn't really respond in a negative way and in a positive way and were smiling and upbeat, that helped me feel more comfortable. When you go in a situation, you take some deep breaths, you think positive, you give off positive energy, you're smiling, you're looking people in the face, they feel that and they receive that. Yep. And that that will come back to you. It's attraction. It really is. Yeah, exactly. It is. And you know, it may seem like not important if you're not interested in being in a relationship, but it does affect your well-being and all the people around you. It's like the butterfly effect, right? Yeah, it's, it is. It's a, it's a beautiful way to live and it does change the world one person at a time. Definitely. Yeah. I love all the things you're saying, Greg. Let's talk about some of those tools. Sure. So what can people do? I, I'm going to say two parts of it. Let's first talk about what can you do for yourself if you have experienced trauma and therefore you know, aren't living your full life, that maybe you're living in fear, whether you're single or in a relationship, what are things you can do? Uh, And then we'll talk about if you are the partner of somebody who has experienced some trauma. Well, first of all, I think if if you're at a place in your life where you do want to work on some of these issues and you don't feel like you can do it by yourself, Mm -hmm. then you should probably find a therapist that works specifically in that area of trauma or sex and, and, and you want to interview a therapist too and see, sometimes people say, well, I do X, but they really don't, you know, they've gone to some classes mm-hmm. so they can put it on their business card and they really don't do that. So you want to find out if people are certified. You and want a specialist. Yeah. You want a specialist. And if you go like for EMDR, if you go to Emdria online, they will, which is EMDRA, ah. Emdria, they will have all of the therapists that are, that are certified through them and it's international. And it's the same thing with brain spotting. If you go into brainspotting.org, you'll find the therapists that are certified or work with with brain spotting. And the difference between the two, they're both modalities that work on where we hold the trauma in our body. Mm-hmm. With brain spotting in regarding to some tools, is that you know, Lori, when you're you're talking to someone and all of a sudden you kind of gaze up into a corner and you kind of fixate on a spot. And then you continue the conversation because it, it just helps you mm-hmm. um, articulate what you're discussing. Yeah. We found that the subcortex, which is in our brain, is attached. There's, there's a relationship with that spot that helps you, like I said, kind of zero in or, or focus on your story a little better. And so we work in brain spotting with finding those. That's a, a gaze spot when you're gazing in a room and there's something that catches your eye and, and, it, and you just zoom in on it and you continue your your conversation, that's a gaze spot. And we use that to help people work through their story. 
Mm. And we'll ask them, well, how intense is the story now on a scale of one to 10? And they'll tell us. And at the end of processing that and breathing it and letting them just feel it without the therapist talking, then they're able to bring that anxiety down. And when we bring up the situation again, many times it doesn't have that intensity. Now, sometimes it triggers old trauma, and then we we work through that. So brain spotting has these different ways of finding these spots. So fascinating. Externally and internally, internal spots in in our own bodies Yeah, that are positive, that are strong, and that are also weak and negative. So you have some spots that activate... Mm-hmm. Um, negative experiences, but then we have resource spots. And what is so fascinating, and I wish we had a whole other show it to discuss this, yeah. when you look at trauma, Lori, or when you think about trauma, like when you're on that spot and you cover one eye, we know that the eyes even experience the trauma at different levels. Wow. So on a scale of one to 10, one eye may be a four, and then you cover the other eye and it's a 10. Oh my God. You, we could talk for it, hours so, about that. It's just fascinating. And we were talking about the brain, such an amazing thing. You know, I do want to go back for a moment, what you were saying, because it's such an important thing. I don't talk about it enough that if you're looking for help, a therapist to be careful and you know, their therapist, if you look at their websites or you're looking on, on a psychologist website, looking for somebody and they will have a list of all the things they do. If you are looking at a therapist and they do everything that's, I mean, and there are many, they call themselves generalist, which is great depending on what you need. But when you need somebody who specializes, which is what we're saying, right. trauma, you need a specialist, sex therapy, you need a specialist, Correct. couples therapy, you need somebody who is trained in couples therapy. They're all very different. Mm-hmm. So just to be, be critical, you know, in a positive way. And like you said, have a conversation with them, see if it's a good fit. And it's so important because if you're going to somebody who is not an expert, mm-hmm. you know, you're just really wasting your time and money. And sometimes I'm going to say can even make the problem worse. Right. So it's such an important thing. I'm so glad you talked about that. And definitely with trauma, you want somebody. Right. Really specialized. In, in regards to the, continuing with the resources, one of the first things I teach my clients when they come in is breathing. And I don't tell them how to breathe. Mm-hmm. I just say, notice your breathing. Mm-hmm. And, and what I've learned is the more I can be quiet and let them do the work, they're able to get in their heads and then do the work. Mm-hmm. Because when they're at home or when they're in the community, we're not there. Right. We need to teach tools yes. that people can use outside of our office, that's when the work really happens. So true. Yeah. And so I want people to leave my office with tools that they can utilize if they start having a panic attack mm-hmm. or all of a sudden that trauma comes up. What can I do to help process it? And so I really help them be aware of where they're holding that trauma in their body, how to breathe, just be aware of your breath. Which is being present. Yeah. Which is being present. Because again, we talked about a little bit about dissociation. Right. You know, as you know, we, we try to have people ground sometimes when they're disassociating. Can you feel the ground that you're on? What colors are in the room? Right. You know, we know people that they're driving and they're disassociating. When you disassociate sometimes, you can't see the colors of the lights. I've had that people be dangerous. Tell, I've yes. had people tell me they've run lights because they disassociated and they're driving still, but they don't see the color and boom, yeah. they, run, they run a red light. Wow. So my point is that 
You can notice your breathing. And this is another tool you can do. So going back to, yeah, seeking help, but also tools that that you can start to practice. Definitely. Learn how to stay present. And these are great ways to do it. Yeah. With the EMDR, there's a lot of bilateral stimulation, which means we're stimulating both sides of the brain. Now, you know, when you rock a baby, you're rocking back and forth and back and forth. Or when we see some people Hmm. rocking or in a rocking chair, it's very soothing. And what's happening is, is we are awakening both sides of our body, both sides of our brain. I never thought of that. That's, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. I'm thinking I, I hold my cat sometimes and, <laughs> and he does not like to be picked up. But when I, when I rock him, he seems to go into almost a trance state. Sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. So there are tools. So we can rock ourselves. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. We can give ourselves hugs. And you know, if you, if you cross your hands and you put your, if you cross your hands over your chest, right above your chest. Doing it. Mm-hmm, and you, you put your hands then as you're, they're probably resting on your shoulders right now. If you just tap, not together, but back and forth, like a little butterfly flapping its wings. These are called butterfly hugs. Oh, I like it. I'm doing and, it. And I like it. It's bilateral stimulation. It came out of some wonderful work. I believe in Central or South America. And there was a therapist that was doing work with a lot of kids that were going through trauma. She realized she couldn't work with all of them individually, and she taught them these butterfly hugs. Oh, everyone try and, it, because I, I don't know what it is, but honestly, I was just doing that, and I'm, I, I have a wave of emotion. Yeah. I just got a wave of emotion. Like I'm just teary eyed right now. Yeah. There's something really powerful you, about that. You woke up both sides of your brain. Yeah. Oh, my brain's been asleep. <laughs> um, but everyone try that. That's yeah. so, so powerful. I mean, you can see I'm like yeah. teary right now. Wow. So the bilateral stimulation, just really quick, I'll teach you something too that you can do in court. Let's say you're in court and and it's obviously extremely tense, that bilateral stimulation, just tap your toes right now. So you're under a table, you're in court, mm-hmm. just tap your toes on the floor. You mean both at the same time? No, or? just one just and one. the other. One and the other. One. Okay. One, two. That's bilateral stimulation. Huh. And that can help keep you grounded in real stressful situations. No one can see it. Yeah. I mean, the butterfly hugs are great, but if you do it in public... <laughs> they might think you're a little weird. Yeah, a little weird. Yeah. So butterfly hugs are great if you... Let's say you can't go to sleep at night and you're laying down. Just give yourself some butterfly hugs. Oh, I love that. That yeah. is like that right there. That That's the the, the takeaway from this show. If you need nothing else but that. Yeah. That is fabulous. Okay, so let's talk about some more tools. Uh, so this is something you can do by yourself. What if you are in a relationship Mm -hmm. and trauma has been getting in the way of sex, Mm -hmm. what tools can couples use, either individually or together, uh, anything that you think would be helpful for people? First of all, I think with trauma, everybody feels like, and it is, it's a very lonely place to be. Mm -hmm. And even if we know other people have been abused, it's your abuse and it's very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. So depending on your relationship, I would say, see if there's a conversation you can have with your partner, a lot of times people have been able to share that, gosh, even if it wasn't in detail, Mm -hmm. just that I had a lot of problems as a kid or my parents were abusive or whatever it was. But if you're feeling that you're very, very isolated, is to be able to to share that with your partner if you you feel that it's safe and that they um, would be supportive. Mm -hmm. And then I would say to find, like you said, a therapist that specifically works with trauma and work with them. It's interesting because some people from the outside might say, well, 
um, a woman should work with a woman if she's been sexually abused by a man or vice versa. I think what it takes is a good person, a good therapist. Mm -hmm. Male or female. Yeah. If you find someone that you feel can listen, maybe hasn't gone through exactly what you've gone through, but is empathetic Mm -hmm. and, and does have the tools to help you, then that's who you want to look for. I agree. And so the second step would then be to find that person. And you can interview people. You can interview them on the phone. You can say, I'm looking for therapist. It's okay. I mean, we know that people interview people. It's essential. It, it has, really You is. have to feel comfortable with the person that you're working right. with, and it has to be a good fit. Right. And with EMDR and with brain spotting, you can go online. There's a lot of stuff on YouTube where you can look. David Grant, who is the founder of brain spotting, he's a PhD. He has a lot of stuff on YouTube. Pi Fry is her name. She's an amazing uh, brain spotting therapist. Mm-hmm. I'm out of Boulder. There's a lot of brain spotting therapists in Boulder, Colorado. And in Brazil, we had our first international conference. There were 300 brain spotting therapists in Brazil. So this yeah. this work is international because Great. we know trauma is international. Right, and this show is international. So people are listening all over the world. And there's wherever you are, there's probably somebody there that can help you. Yeah. yeah. It's David Grand, G-R-A-N-D. Okay. Yes. So what else can people do or try on their own in their relationship? Uh, talking about it, I agree. It's alleviating that shame, number yeah. one. It's intimate. And again, this is what really feeling safe is. You need to have that in your relationship to be able to enjoy a a very intimate experience, which we call sex. Right. So I think another thing we can do is ask your partner, if your partner's having a problem is the one with the the issue, Mm -hmm. is to say, what can I do to help you? Great question. What can I do? Because we don't know. And we may want to help, but it may be, well, I, I need you just to back off a little bit, mm-hmm. or I need you to be a little more gentle. Yeah. And so it's really important that we ask our partner if they're having problems, what can I do? I have many women in my practice that are just very quiet and they won't say anything because that's the way they were, way they were taught. Yeah. And that is also a really important thing because your partner, if you are, if you are the one who, uh, who, who is going through this or who has had the history, Mm. your partner needs to know that you are going to speak up. And that's important for you to learn to have that voice and for your partner to also be able to be there for you fully. And if they're constantly trying to figure out your facial expressions or what you're thinking, they're not going to be able to, believe it or not, be as present. It seems counterintuitive. So to have that open communication and to start it out of bed is the first step. Yeah. Once we're in bed and we're into the making love, it's really difficult. But if we can have that conversation over coffee in the morning Mm -hmm. and discuss it, that's great. Another thing we use, uh, I use a lot of bilateral music while people are in my office. So that music goes very, it's kind of like the rocking. At the end yeah. of, it goes from one ear to the other. Um, I'm thinking of Joyce Smith. I think it's JoyceSmithLMFT.com. She is a therapist that also creates music. And I have given um, my clients, uh, there's a tape called, I think, Mystic Mist. And I like the name. What it does is it helps us kind of go into that trance. Yeah. And you can do the butterfly hugs. You can do the gaze spotting. You can do the breathing and find out where that, that trauma may be trapped in our bodies. Yeah. And really just as you breathe in, just go down to it and then just let it go. 
I mean, that's a great resource. I imagine that if you type in bilateral music mm-hmm. in Google or in iTunes, you probably could find a bit of it. Right? There's, there's a lot of it. Yeah. I wouldn't say to someone, this is the best tape ever. <laughs> but I have given it to probably 10 or 15 of my clients. And all of them have, they now... The mystical mist. Mm-hmm, yeah. They've now made it part of their sleeping ritual. And they've actually, some of them that have been on heavy medications are backing off. And using the music more. Oh, that's so fabulous mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when we can have things that are more organic mm-hmm. and, I mean, really just they, they fill us in a positive way rather than numb us. Mm-hmm. Not that medication is bad. Sometimes we need medication. But certainly if there are other options, to check them out is always a good idea. And to talk to your doctor, of course, if there is something going on there. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So amazing. So at the end of our show, we like to give action steps. So, you know, the action steps that that I see are clear at this point are the things that you've talked about, Greg, which is one, have some awareness. Is there, has there been trauma in your life? Maybe it seems subtle. Maybe it's big. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you're aware of it. Maybe you're not. I mean, it's just to have that awareness of what might be going on. So that's the first step. The second one is if you do need some help to reach out, get a good therapist to help work through this trauma, because it's always a good idea to get help when you need it. It's hard to do in therapy with an expert, you know, and it's incredibly difficult, if not, not possible to really do it on your own. So if you do need help, definitely reach out and do that. And the other one is to practice these specific the tools, tools. Yeah. listening to the bi- bilateral music, mystic mist, the butterfly hugs. I love. And again, just to, to recap, that's putting your crossing your, your, your hands, you're really your wrist. Yeah. What's interesting. If you now I'm going to show you the next one. It's just a little tighter. Notice how your thumbs are really close. Uh huh. Bring your thumbs in and cross them. Okay, so cross your so your hands your are crossed and your now, thumbs are crossed yeah. over your heart. Right now, do the better. Now do it. Oh, that's good too. Yeah, yeah, it almost feels. It almost feels like there's another person there because of the thumbs touching yeah. somehow. Yeah. Yeah, so the butterfly hugs, different variations of that yeah. is incredible. And then the other one is the just the if you feel like you're really stressed out, to one, get yourself present, thinking yeah. about focusing on your breath or looking at the colors or the things that you're seeing in the room just to get yourself grounded or to tap your, your feet, again, one at a time, yeah. right and left what and was right interesting and left, your toes, actually. When you were doing the butterfly hugs, you were gaze spotting right above me. Oh, what does that mean? Well, there was a connection <laughs> yeah. between the subcortex yeah. and what you were feeling. Wow. Everything was coming together. Yeah. And so I'm going to do it. I'm going to start doing that all the time. You can do that. You <laughs> yeah. can again do the gaze spotting, spot an area, notice your breathing. You can do the bilateral stimulation or listen to the music, and that will really help you I don't want to say alleviate completely, but it'll bring down that anxiety. Yeah, manage it. That can be caused by some past messages that were told to us. Yeah, I know. I've got many. (laughs) We all have have some, right? A lot of us do. Yeah. Most of us do. I mean, really, it's hard to avoid. Well, we feel like we're the only ones. Right. Yeah, yes. and we're not. We're not. We're not. Greg, you are just incredible. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. And such great information for the listeners. So if people do want to contact you, how can they find you? 
My email address is Greg Carlson, and it's Greg, one, one word, Greg, G-R-E-G, and then Carlson with two S's. So it's G-R-E-G-C-A-R-L-S-S-O-N at sbcglobal.net, or you can call my office at 626-568-7991. My work cell also, in, which I'll give out, is 626-399-1966. Fabulous. Thank you again. It's just been a pleasure. And listeners, thank you for listening to the show. And we will be talking to you soon. See you next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.